Welcome to the Joy of Sunflowers podcast. We release podcasts here, in part and in full, on the Joy of Sunflowers website. The Joy of Sunflowers podcast is about sisterhood through infertility and pregnancy loss. We cover a range of topics including fertility, pregnancy after loss and so much more. I speak with a range of people including wellness professionals, medical experts and beautiful mamas. The aim of this podcast is to bring you information and experiences that will validate and equip you for whatever season you find yourself in right now. Hi, Bella. Thank you so much for joining me on The Joy of Sunflowers. Please introduce yourself a little bit more. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is a topic that is close to my heart, so which I've just been sharing with you and that I'm about to share with everyone. So uh, my name is Bella Hilton. I have just moved from Australia to London. Um, if anyone wants to know where I am in the world, I, um, I have been helping women in the fertility, infertility, whatever space you want to call it, helping them heal from miscarriages, helping them to cope with the mental and emotional um, side of life for a while now. And I absolutely love it because I think it is such a rewarding place to be to help someone go from feeling so down and out and bottomed out by their experiences to getting to the other side of this. And the reason I do all of this is because I have that firsthand experience and I know what it takes to go from that rock bottom to getting through to the other side. Yeah. And I so think that's me what, in a nutshell. <laughs> I think that's what you need as well. You have to have that understanding, I think, to truly help someone. I mean, we've all had someone say something terrible to us trying to be helpful so having that experience I think is always um the best way to help someone in this space so and look I'm the I'm actually the first to admit that as a girl in my 20s not obviously not 20 now but when I was in my 20s um I didn't get I didn't get what what such a big deal it was to have a miscarriage and things like that because I wasn't in that space. I wasn't trying, you know, it hadn't happened to me. And, um, yeah, I just didn't get it. And when you come to someone who has deeply experienced it um, like I have so many times, like I, I deeply appreciate what women are going through when they have those miscarriages. It's It's a big deal. Yeah, really is. So let's get into your story so that everyone can kind of um, understand where where you're sort of coming from and and where you where you've journeyed from. <laughs> yeah, so my journey is a long one, and I'll try and not be as verbose as I usually am. But um, it's uh, my my fertility journey itself was 10, 11 years, some somewhere around there. Um, from the day that I started trying to, you know, when I actually had a baby. And during that 10 years, absolutely nothing happened. I was one of those wonderful, oh, it all looks good on paper, but it doesn't, you know, work out in reality. So there was, you know, this really long process of, you know, and this really wanted baby um, that was in my heart. And you know, fast forward through life and then I finally did IVF with my husband and we 
Um, but before I want to say this because I think it's all important, right? Even in the in the uh, the loss process is before I went into IVF, I was in a really happy place because I had been through 10 years of misery and being down and things like that, that I got myself back to a place of feeling centered, loving myself, you know, just being open to possibility of what my life was going to hold and, and what it was going to look like. And so I went into that IVF process and it worked first go, which is absolutely amazing. But one of the things that that also did for me at that point, because I was like, right, I've done my hard yards, you know, I've I've done everything that was so hard, is that it then a little bit set me up for false hope because I was like, oh, that's all I needed to do. I just needed to do IVF and then, you know, I'll have the family that I wanted. So I think after a year we decided to try again and, and do IVF again. Um. Only this time trying for number two didn't go so well for me. And in that process, let me short circuit this, I had four miscarriages. So um, in a row, um, basically, (laughs) one, two, three, four. So that was a lot to go through. Um, And at the time too, it's like, I think this is important to say as well, the environment that I in that I was in also wasn't healthy. Not the not the IVF, but the the job situation that I found myself in was like extremely toxic and really unhelpful. So everything that was kind of, you know, and you're at work far too long to, you know, discount it as a thing. Family life was great, but I was there so much at work that that was really taking its toll on me. And then I was having these miscarriages on top of it. So everything did start to snowball again. And I did um, start to hit this kind of rock bottom in so many ways that um, that was hard. It was really hard because you're not being supported by this environment. So that made it even harder when those miscarriages happened. So that's my story in a nutshell. Um, having said that, it's like having done the work that I'd done to get myself to a really happy place beforehand, I think actually meant like that I coped with miscarriages a lot better than I sometimes see other people do. And it breaks my heart that people are suffering because no matter when you go through a miscarriage, how far along, it can be really heartbreaking. And even for the centered, stable person who has all the emotional and mental tools at their disposal, because you need to go through that process and you need to understand, you know, you need to have time with yourself to heal and to process all of that. So I was under no kind of illusions that I needed to go through that process. Um, at the same time, I did allow myself to go through that process and I think that once I left that job too, though, it really helped me to heal on a much deeper level that I wasn't able to heal from completely because I was still sitting. It was like the two were linked. Do you know what I mean? It was like this toxic environment perpetuated the healing that I needed to go through with the the miscarriages as well. And I just think environment is really important for ladies and the support they're getting and and how they find themselves, like all of life matters when you're going through something so 
deeply personal, deeply in your heart. Yeah, definitely. And just that kind of um, like once you get into a certain mindset as well, like within your environment, it's really hard to knock out of it if you're if you're in that environment constantly. Every time you revisit that, mm. you kind of like get back in that headspace, whatever it was um, as well. So it's just, uh, yeah, it's like a loop, like a, you know, if you, if you keep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much a loop. But you know, yeah. We have to work. We can't not work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, you know, I think because um, I was feeling, you know, and again, it's that, that vicious cycle of like because I was feeling so down and out, then it's like, I mean, I thought of even applying for other jobs and it's like they'll they'll be able to smell it on me, like the sadness and the desperation to, you know, do you know what I mean? And it's like but something had to give, you know. Um and in the end, I did leave that job and I just jumped and it was the best thing I did. And then I was able to heal on on a, on a deeper level, I think, from those miscarriages that I wasn't able to do before that, even though as I was going through each one, I was healing. I just believe that healing happens in so many different layers. And I would have told you at the time going through them that I was healed from each one. And in many ways, I was. But then when something, you know, another catalyst happened, I was able to heal on a deeper level. And I think that's really important to understand sometimes that, you know, healing isn't linear, healing healing doesn't necessarily happen all at once. You can be feeling really great, um, not really great, but you know what, you can feel like you've moved on from a loss and then realise somewhere along the line actually there was some deeper healing to do that you didn't even realise was still there and it's all a beautiful thing right you process what you're ready for at the time Mm. and and also like you learn things as you go in life obviously as well so then those play an effect in how you um, take on those emotions as well so something might just be triggered a little bit just by the different phases you're moving through in your own life as well I've definitely felt that at times where it just kind of hits you like and yeah, but I was okay. Mm. I was okay like five seconds ago. Why am I crying now? It's just <laughs> the strangest thing. Grief is just so weird. You just you're you're fine one minute and crying the next minute, or you know, craving a tub of ice cream. Yeah. Um. So my I guess my journey goes on a little bit more too, which is a little bit you know left field and a bit weird for some people because we're just talking about you know loss here but um right as I was about to start another IVF cycle because I wasn't finished I actually got diagnosed with breast cancer so then my journey took a very different medical route and I ended up you know in hospital having mastectomy and and having to um go through all of that so you know kind of that dream of baby number two kind of (laughs) went up in flames with that and also my life flashing before my eyes and you know all of that you know so desperate to have this family finally had a baby and now I was you know thinking oh gosh now I'm going to be leaving the behind like it was it was you know life was you know kind of messy there for a while um and yeah so I went straight from those four losses into that medical journey and really 
you know, had to compartmentalize my life around myself. And um, like I say to my clients all the time, it's like, it's okay when you're in these deepest, darkest moments to put yourself in cotton wool and just protect yourself from the outside world. It's staying there forever that is more of a problem because no one wants to stay there forever. We want to get better. We want to heal. We want to move on to a place where we can reconnect back into the world. But it's okay when you're in that deepest, darkest place. It's important to really protect yourself, put yourself in that kind of bubble to say, Mm -hmm. this is my space and none of the weirdos who want to say horrible things can get in here right now. Um, I need to protect myself. And then when I'm ready, when I've finished processing a little bit of it, I can put my, dip my toes in the water. I can step outside and see how I'm going. And, and again, that's part of the, the layered process of healing, right? We, then we go out and we might get triggered a little bit. That's okay. But then we process that and then we learn a new way. And then we venture out a little bit more. If, do you know what I mean? It, yeah. So you're talking about sort of a, it's a okay layer. to be in that bubble. Yeah, so you're talking about like a layered approach to kind of moving out because like that's something I've struggled with. I'm like, okay, so, you know, when do I know that I'm okay? Like when do I know like not okay like as in, oh, everything's peachy, but like okay to like go out and like see people and because there was a few times where I dipped my toe in and I was like, well, that was a mistake, come home crying, like I'm a mess, you know because I've seen someone with a baby or I've been in a room with people with kids and, you know, and it's, it's such a, you know, strange um, place to find yourself in when you're going through that. You're just like, well, how do I know when I'm ready to step out? And I mean, you've, you went from, yeah, four losses to then going through a medical, you know, situation. So then, yeah. How did you, how did you kind of work that out? I mean, how, and even how long was that process? like the four losses and then into the diagnosis? Uh, it was about two or three years, I think. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like I've been on a journey <laughs> for a very <laughs> long time in my life. It's 10-year fertilities and, the, and, then the, and then all of that. So, it, you know, it was a lot. But I love your question because I – you know, I think that, you know, like, like you say, you, you're like, oh, I thought I was okay. And then I ventured out and then I saw a baby and I'm, I'm crying. That was a mistake, but I don't think it was right. We're going to go out when we're dipping our toes and we might be triggered. That's okay. But it's then having the tools to be able to process that. What happened How am I feeling? And being able to work through the thought process that happened around why you felt triggered so that you can get to the other side of it, right? If we're just like, I'm going out, I'm coming home, I'm crying, I'm going out, you know, and we're never actually learning a way to move through those emotions and what they, what we're making it mean, what we're making it mean about our place in the world, um, what we're saying to ourselves. If we're not working through all of that, then we're going to stay in the same place or stay in this place for a lot longer until, you know, I don't know, until a hundred years goes by and it just kind of fades, I suppose. Right. There's what I call this healing where like it can take a really long time 
And then I think there's healing where it's more intentional. And what I do with my clients is more intentional healing where we're actually looking at things from a really non-judgmental point of view. Like it's not about that you went to the baby shower and and bawled your eyes out and made a scene. Like who cares, right, that happened. But let's work out what happened for you, how you're feeling and really process that. Like we're all human. We all have like these little things that trigger us here or there that we're all working on. Um, This is a big one because it can be so hurtful. But there is a way to learn to process it in a way that's more deliberate and more intentional that will get you through to the other side a lot faster. Yeah. I feel like a lot of women sort of put themselves in that sort of bubble, you know, that that kind of cotton wool, um, and then, you know, something happens, you know, maybe they go out and they cry in public, and then there's almost like a fear (laughs) of going out in public again and doing the same thing because they don't want to do it again. Um, So Mm -hmm. how, how do you work through that with your clients? Because, I mean, that to me is one of the biggest things um like when I was in the beginning of my journey after having my first loss it was like a it was a real chore to go out like I just didn't want to leave my house at all um I definitely didn't for the first mm-hmm. two months <laughs> but after that it was definitely still difficult yeah absolutely and I wish that I could like you know I wish it was like one or two lines or just do this simple exercise and obviously it's a little bit more complicated than that and that's why I work with clients and have my course and stuff to help people actually step by step work their way through it because there's so many different facets that go into that and for one person one thing's going to resonate more than something else right and and that's why I have a step-by-step process because at one point some you know some people were like aha at that very first step and some people are a bit more aha at that fifth step but it's necessary to bring people along that journey Hmm. um there there's a lot of trust that goes into things because people lose a lot of trust in their bodies and their body's ability to be able to um, continue on with things. There's a lot of digging through kind of the mindset of like, what, what are you making this mean about yourself? Or what is it? What are those thoughts that are going through your mind? Now, when I went through my miscarriages, I have to say like, sometimes I feel like a little bit of a different person, even though like they were very painful and I went through them. Um, other people's, pregnancies and babies really didn't worry me because I don't want their babies I don't want their children I wanted my own and it was just about healing my own space and my own body and that trust in myself um and every time I did get pregnant I always went into it of like with that thought of well if this is my baby and and this goes full term I'm not going to waste a single second being depressed and anxious and whatever about it that's not to say that I'm not a human being I'm not an alien from space yes every woman on the planet I think whenever they get pregnant whenever has a little bit of fear or anxiety about like oh what if it it doesn't work out now when you've had a loss that usually heightens 
by a great deal. So there were moments where, you know, I was having the blood draws and, you know, you're waiting for the results. Those are the moments that I would get nervous. But outside of that, I was really just starting to learn to calm myself and keep my nervous system calm by saying things to myself like, well, right now I am safe. Right now nothing is wrong. Right now everything is actually right. Because this this is going to sound a little harsh, and believe me, I'm here all the time in this space myself. We do actually waste a lot of time worrying about things that actually never happen. Yeah. Right. Um, and I and I like to talk about it a little bit removed from pregnancy, but it's like recently I had to go and, you know, have my annual checkup for the breast cancer and have an ultrasound and mammogram every year just to double check everything and for 364 days of the year, I'm absolutely fine. And then on the day that I'm having my scan and my my ultrasound, I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, you know, I'm a human being and I'm heightened anxiety and, you know, until I, you know, so I like to have them earlier in the day because then I'm like find out the news and I'm like, okay, and then I can get back on with my 364 days of going, oh, yeah, I'm fine. So, everyone's human everyone's going to be like a little bit more anxious when they're waiting for those blood test results or a little bit more you know whatever during the concentrated moments that's okay right but learning to be able to tell ourselves and keep our nervous system calm most of the time by saying hey right now I'm calm right now I'm safe right now there's absolutely nothing wrong and that kind of comes from a little bit of a principle or a philosophy from Eckhart Tolle because that's kind of where I learned it from. I was listening to his um, his, his book and, um, and I actually used this many years ago. It's like life lessons that stick with you, but it was um, for skydiving because I never wanted to jump out of a perfectly good plane. Why would I want to do that? Like the risk to me didn't seem worth it. For some reason... I'll skip through the story, but for some reason here I found myself about to skydive. And it's like, well, I've done all these psychology courses and and things to help people learn how to manage their emotional state. This is something that I don't want to do. This is a risk that I don't feel worth it, but I'm doing it. So let's learn to manage my state. Let's put my, you know, money where my mouth is and 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 do this. And so I did, and I kept reminding, and I'd been listening to Eckhart at the time, and it was like idea of like, well, nothing in this moment is wrong. Let me go with that. Okay, right now my feet are on the ground. What have I got to be nervous about? Next, you know, next minute I'm in the plane. Nothing has happened. You know, the plane is in the sky. We're not hurtling towards the earth. We're not, you know, doing any of those things. Engines are working. I am safe. I am in my body. Everything is safe. No one around me is panicking. You know, the the guy I'm doing the tandem dive with, everyone is fine. Again, rolled out of the plane. And I was in such a calm and peaceful state as I was, no, I was hurtling towards earth, but in a very controlled kind of manner, (laughs) so to speak, that I was like, well, nothing is wrong. I'm safe. And I had this calm, blissful feeling come over me as I was like going down. 
that it was so blissful and incredible. The view, I, like it was nothing I could nothing I could describe really in that moment. It felt blissful. I was, I was floating down and just the earth and, um, you know, going through clouds and swallowing too much atmosphere, but that's another story. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and then the parachute goes up and I was like, that was amazing. That was truly amazing. Did I want to do it again? No, I'm not crazy. <laughs> but I'd done it once and I'd learned to manage my state through it. And because I did, I got the most incredible experience out of it. So I often apply those that kind of thinking sometimes to when I go for checkups for breast cancer or, you know, when I was going through times with um, with my loss and losses and things like that, or even when I was going through the IVF process at all, I applied a lot of the psychology that I've learned along the way and the thinking and that kind of moment to like nothing is wrong right now, everything is safe. And I use that throughout my cancer journey and things like that as well. It's just, um, you know, a, a bunch of other things, but I find that to be one technique that's can be really instant if you get it, if you like, if you really get that into your heart and go, yeah, right now, nothing is wrong. Right now I am safe. Yeah. Right now no one's taking my home away from me there's no lion after me there's nothing of the like I you know everything is okay until I know otherwise and learning to settle myself that way yeah no that totally resonates because I I actually have been holding on to the phrase I am pregnant right now mm -hmm. so I've just been holding on to that because I'm like yep. well, I don't know otherwise you know so for right now, I'm just, I'm pregnant until someone tells me otherwise. Um, Absolutely. So that's, that's what's getting. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, that, that's what can be so hard about, you know, pregnancy after loss is that, you know, your mind will play tricks with you. Your mind will go, oh, I know this. And this is what happens, Right we start to try and collect that evidence of why this is going, not going to work out. And I have worked with women who, like, for me, I understand that I had the child and then had four miscarriages in a row. Um, but I work with women the other way around who've had the, you know, four miscarriages and then have the one that works. And so they've got no evidence in their own mind for um, this working out. Right. And it's in those moments that we have to stop and go, every pregnancy is a new pregnancy. Right. Sometimes we're afforded the knowledge of, oh, I know why those last three, last four didn't work out, last two, last one, whatever it is. I'm I'm afforded that knowledge. I know why it didn't work out. It was an extra chromosome. It was something like that. Many times we're not. Many times, you know, the miscarriage is starts happening you don't need any medical intervention so you don't have the dnc and the ability to test or something like that um or it might be so early or something like that that we don't have that knowledge and it it can be a harder stretch to feel like how do i have that trust how do i have that peace and trust within myself that 
either this is my baby or I'm going to be okay and get through it. And I guess that's where I like to get my clients to a place where they feel so strong at their, at their base that whatever happens in life, they know fundamentally, even if they're at a moment where they're like heart is breaking and they're bawling their eyes out, that they know they're going to be okay. And that is honestly, even though I had four miscarriages and even though I hit rock bottom in some in some of those moments coupled with my like job that I had at the time, um, I fundamentally knew that I was going to be okay. And that's the difference, I think. There are a lot of women that come to me like, I'm not okay, I don't feel like I'm going to be okay. And getting to, to that state where they just feel a little bit more at peace of like no matter what happens, I am going to be okay is strong position to start anything from because you're so less afraid of what's going to happen you're able to stay calm or you're able to step into that place of trust yeah I think and be able to move through this yeah yeah when you go for a loss you you just you lose control right so because you've lost that control I feel like you're, you're sort of grappling trying to find some form of control and so you do feel like you've just you you you're in this losing battle and you're in this dark place and you're not going to get out of it and that you're not going to gain control back because you already don't have mm-hmm. the control that you wanted in in whatever capacity it so is so we yeah absolutely so we start to try and seek that control and that comes through the form of blaming ourselves right i did something wrong it was that night I stayed up was that cup cup of coffee that I drank it was you know I was used to my vitamins that day or I was too stressed or you know you know as like ridiculous thing like because our minds want something to you know our conscious minds I should say want something to grab onto they want something tangible like put it in my hand what is it and then I can work on that like it was my diet you know, oh, I need to be stricter, you know, like no dairy, no, like, oh my gosh, it's so exhausting. And we put ourselves in this kind of washing machine and and become even more exhausted from this loss than just the loss itself. And that also perpetuates it because uh, every time then that we miss our vitamins, we go, oh my God, you know, I'm adding to the evidence of why this is going to happen again. Or, you know, I'm a I'm a terrible person because I didn't open a jar and put a little tablet in my hand and swallow it, right? Which is so far from the truth. It's so none of this is reality, but this is what goes on in our minds. And it's the, that kind of self-talk and that kind of all those emotions, right? This is not just loss and healing this is not just grief there are so many emotions that come into the picture that that's why it's a little bit more complicated than just like oh hey this is what you do take care of yourself you know like you know um it's not like that it's the guilt and the shame and the you know whatever else we seem to be able to throw at ourselves as as women because I feel like as women we're much better at throwing um you know a lot of darkness at ourselves in that way like I you know I'm not worthy I didn't live up to expectations somehow 
when, you know, it could have just been nature, nature taking care of itself that actually worked in your favour because this baby wouldn't have had a great life. Do you know what I mean? And loss is never, you know, it never feels good and it's never a good thing. But then beating up on ourselves about it, thinking that we could have done something differently, makes it so much worse. I really hope you enjoyed the first part of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit thejoyofsunflowers.com. Please note that all speakers, including experts and professionals, express information, views and opinions that should not be used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any medical conditions. If you have a medical issue, please consult a qualified professional. Speakers voice their own views, opinions and conclusions and they may not reflect the views, opinions and conclusions of other speakers. Ella Rose, The Joy of Sunflowers and its sponsors may not endorse all or any of the views, opinions or conclusions expressed.